Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Doug and Jess are ready to go to work today. They'd love to hear from you. Time to be thinking gardening because the heat will not be as uh, searing as it has been. So you're going to be able to go out and do a little extra work in the garden over the next couple of days. So what are your plans? What do you need help with? Product ideas? We have got it all. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. You can text me on the right automotive line. The best deal in town. And yes, if you're the 10th caller, 412-922-1020. You, ladies and gentlemen, will take home a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles. And I know you two are just starting, but it's been a few hours for me. And you always know it's a long day when my shoes have come off by 7 o'clock in the morning. So I'm going to kick back, relax, and the microphone is all yours. No one light a match in here. I know. That could be deadly. I knew you were going to have some smart aleck comment He's about idiot, taking we his love shoes. <laughs> He's an idiot, but we love him. Today in Green Tree at the gate, KDKA Studios, an explosion. Good morning, Doug Hoster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. Thank goodness we're not depending on this to make a living. <laughs> right? And I'm You're or- not. <laughs> I'm or- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. Or welcome to another wacky Sunday morning with the Organic Gardeners. Fresh off your son's wedding, so give everybody a little love. Well, Jessica and I had a lot of fun at my son's wedding on Friday. It was wonderful to have Jessica and her husband there and uh, dancing with her shoes off and dancing with my wife and dancing with my mother-in-law and dancing with my daughter. I just sat there and drank beer. <laughs> with my husband and now the other day, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. No, a typical day at the Oster House. <laughs> Everyone dancing. But you know what? Uh, is this the son that I met at the Fishes? Is that the son or no? The real mm-hmm. tall, handsome, good-looking No, one? no. This is one that looks like me. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> You're handsome, too. But honestly. In my own way. That must be a very emotional time, and it must have been a wonderful time to bond with the new member of the family. So I'm sure you had a great time. I did get teary-eyed there about three times. One was during one of the toasts. Uh, one was standing behind my son when he was going to be, my older son, Tim, when he was going to be taking... Uh, grandma and, and my wife down the aisle and then just sitting there I was like front row <laughs> watching her look at him I got the back of his head and watching her the way she looked at him you know it was it was really nice we and had I was watching the opposite because you at one yeah, point you were on the other side you, I was on the opposite side sitting in the back row which is why I like to sit at weddings so I can sort of see the whole landscape of the place and as she was walking down the aisle everybody was watching her walk down the aisle and I was watching Matt because I wanted to see his face. And when I saw the way he looked at her walking down the aisle, I said to myself <laughs> in my own head, these kids are going to be okay. It was it was a it was a great evening. Thank you for including me, and also thank you for including those amazing hydrangea in those in the vases oh, the on the aisle. The flowers were amazing. They were beautiful. Yeah, were amazing. It was just it was a lot of fun. It was just a great day. You know, you go to a lot of weddings, but when it's your kid's wedding, you know, it's 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 something, boy. We had the best time. Yeah, the best time. Well, little, that's good. A little slow yesterday. I said there was only, there was only you were a little, <laughs> at Osterling's. I was going to say, by 11 o'clock, you, you had. I was at Osterling's and Butler, okay. uh, you know, uh, meeting and greeting. But I was I was fine. I went to bed early enough to get eight hours sleep. Uh, I was I was on cloud nine. It was hard to sleep. I was yeah. just on cloud nine. Yeah, that's great. And then you have another gig uh, next Saturday, too. Yeah, next Saturday, one of my favorite places, Plumline Nursery. Uh, boy, I've known them for a long time. And uh, they were part of a, a series I did called Plants That Matter. Uh, and I just, I love them, uh, and their customer appreciation day next Saturday, I'll be there at 11 a.m. speaking. It's been, I don't know how many years I've been there, but I just love going there. We're talking about summer garden tips and tricks and perennials. We'll have, we'll have a lot of fun there. Uh, so next Saturday, 11 a.m. at Plumline and how, how are things in the garden? You know, I'm, I've actually started finally picking cucumbers. I did have one tomato. Oh, my tomatoes are so slow. Mm. 
You know, they got lots of tomatoes on them, but uh, they're not changing. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> you know, lots of dandelion greens, Jess. <laughs> of course, there's lots of dandelion greens. I dug some new potatoes uh, yesterday. We had some friends over for a picnic, and I thought, oh, I'm going to make a potato salad, right? Because my mom gave me this great potato salad recipe that's no mayo. So for people who don't like mayo, really, with all these herbs from the garden, it was super yummy. And so I went under one to dig some new potatoes, and... You know, you never know what you're going to get when you're looking at your potatoes, especially when they're still green on top like that, which is when new potatoes are dug, when the when the plants are still alive. And, you, you know, you, you sink your pitchfork in there and you're either going to come up empty or, you know, an average. This was great. This was a great bounty, I think, because of all the rain we had earlier in the season. Oh, how nice. New potatoes are the best potatoes. Such a nice thin skin, which is perfect for a potato salad like that. Because, you know, you keep, I keep the skin on for those. So. I actually came out in the sun porch the other day and found the potatoes that I had cut for planting two months ago. <laughs> They're in a bag. You never got around yeah. to planting them, no, obviously. I forgot all about them. Yeah. Uh, Were they all shriveled? Because okay, can, 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 uh, you can still plant them. They've got a nice nice scab on them now. So, okay. I mean, no, they won't rot when well, they're planted. They, will they sprout, though? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, people, don't, people often think, you know, you have to plant them right in the middle of May. But you could plant them this late. You probably won't get, like, a full-size harvest where the plants die back and everything. But you would definitely get some new potatoes on there, um, you know, doing their thing, which is... This- the star Better in my than nothing. the star in my garden because has been the lilies. Um, I you know last year did the what do they call Dutch bulb auction at mm. uh, Old House Garden. So I got these old fashioned lilies, and one gr- blooming right now is called Black Beauty. Uh, really great old heirloom, and I found uh, twenty five lilies that were at a nursery at Han mm-hmm. that were done blooming, and you know of course I bundled them and got a deal on them, and so I planted. 25 gallon pots next year's lily festival at my garden is going to be amazing it's just that the only place i can grow them is the vegetable garden because it's fenced in so the deer can't get them and so i'm losing more and more vegetable space (laughs) and the paths are getting thinner and thinner as i add more and more flowers to the vegetable well there's nothing wrong with thinner paths so you can have more fruits and flowers in there there's nothing wrong with that had good raspberries you had good raspberries right yeah the raspberries were really good most of the blueberries i had a huge blueberry crop but the squirrel found them and the squirrel we had probably i don't know three dozen peaches on our peach tree and they were doing beautifully and the squirrel ate every single one of them oh man it's heartbreaking, as your friend says. Peaches will break, break your, heart, your heart, but who hey. knew it would be a squirrel? All right, 866-391-1020. Bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. Coming back with your phone calls for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners on KDKA Radio. Good morning. Joe and Frank are going to do some rapping? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Run, Dam- Run DMC is actually going to be on the program <laughs> with him today, so I know you won't want to miss it. We're from Coons, and we'll tell you what to eat. Get out your Adidas gear. You can't be beat. All right, listen, <laughs> um, we're going to get some- you know what, Doug, please. <laughs> You're still celebrating a wedding. I'm just trying to get through it. I'm still day. drunk. <laughs> I know. You were out. Of, where were you in Butler? And you went, I want to thank everybody for coming here tonight. <laughs> but uh, what a great time I'm sure you had. Where did you guys have this at again? Uh, it's called the Chadwick oh, in yeah, Wexford. Wexford. Really nice. Nice, nice. All right. How'd the Macy's suit look on you? It looked, uh, you, well, you tell me. How did it look? Very, he looked very dapper. Macy's does that for people, man. Oh, it was Nothing nice. like getting a suit at Macy's, believe me. It was nice. All all fitted and did the alterations for the cuffs, the whole bit. Yeah, good, it was good. Good stuff. Did you get new shoes? Or did you wear no, t- I wore. I, I actually wore another pair. You wore them pair. clogs, did you? Yeah, I wore my, no, I should have worn did. my sloggers. No, 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 no. No. All right, listen, um, we're going to get to the phones, but if you would like to send us a text message right out of the text line, you can do that, or dollar bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. Let's go to Eleanor 
in Allison Park. Good morning, Eleanor. Welcome to KDK Radio. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you folks? We're doing great. What's on your mind? Um, I have a royal purple smoke bush, and this spring when it leafed out, oh, probably three-quarters, two-thirds to three-quarters of it leafed out as normal, and the other part didn't. I didn't cut it off, however, and it's beginning to leaf out now very slowly. But I'm wondering what I should do about this. Good news is it started to leaf out. Yeah. The part of it that didn't, that was really delayed in the leafing out, is it? Does it seem to be one particular branch? No, it's a number of branches. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Because sometimes when there's a vascular problem, uh, like a like a vascular wilt or something like that in a tree or shrub, you'll see it will be one branch that will sort of slowly die back. Or some some year, the first year it'll be slow to leaf out, and then the next year only a couple leaves will come, and then it'll eventually die and, and have some kind of decline. So, But that would be one, usually one branch at a time. So the and leaves... It, it hasn't mm-hmm. been dying back gradually over the years either. It okay. was just all this year. Hmm. And the leaves that have come out on it now, are they fully sized? Are they looking healthy? Not yet fully sized. Okay, but they're still coming. You're sure nothing ate them, right? Like you don't have deer coming through that could oh, reach well, the leaves. Oh, of course I have deer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Oh. Because I don't think, well, I mean, they didn't leaf out when the other part of the bush leafed out. So I don't think the deer ate them. Okay, so it's not like it's just the outside edge of the plant that didn't no, leaf no. out. Okay, because sometimes it happens with like azaleas and things like that. They're all, the, the deer eat them over the winter and then they are real late in leafing out in the spring. You know, how old is that tree? Um, I planted it, uh, golly. So mature, a, a mature tree. Yeah, 10 to 15 okay. years perhaps. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a little hard without, you know, you could send a tissue a tissue sample. So a couple of leaves and Penn State does have a what they call the plant diagnostic lab, uh, plant diagnostic laboratory uh-huh. where you can actually Google that and download this form. And then you send in a tissue sample of the plant and mm-hmm. they can check it to see if it is a vascular, it's free too, isn't you know, it? I, I think so. I think yeah. It's free, yeah. To see if it's a vascular, you know, pathogen or something like that. You could also have the Davy Tree folks come out and take a look at it. They will do a free assessment, um, you know, have an arborist come out and take a look at it. It's a little hard without seeing the tree to to tell you exactly what it would be. If it was my tree, I wouldn't worry about it unless it happened two years in a row. If the same thing happens next year, then I would say, oh, okay, something's going on. Let's investigate a little further. Because sometimes we have weird years. And for me, I would just I would just watch it carefully, see how this leaves out, see how it looks. If it starts, if that part of the tree started to wilt again or something like that, mm-hmm. then I'd be concerned. Okay, so let it go for now. Maybe it'll bounce back. Yeah. Um, don't prune it. I would, no. yeah, I wouldn't because if it is an issue with a you know fungal pathogen or something, you could spread it through that pruning. So I would hold off on pruning for now. Okay, and All I would right. you know give it till next spring, see how it leaves out, see what the conditions are like next year, and then kind of reevaluate and and but, go back but to the if drawing there's board. There's any dead wood in it now. I should prune that out. I wouldn't do any pruning on it right now, uh, just because of potential pathogen spread. Uh, I would really hold off on that. Oh, and okay. yeah, and if you're going to do any dead wood pruning, do it in the winter time when the tree is dormant. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Eleanor. All right, let's go to Robert in Armstrong for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardens. Good morning, Robert. Welcome to KDK Radio. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey, a quick question about 
radishes and basil. I let some. I plant some radishes, and now I let some of them. They came to seed. And I'm getting a little. I guess they are because they're they're getting the flowers on top, and they're growing these little like, green pods on them. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. So is, is that where the, is there seeds in there? Is what's in, what's the pods? Are they edible or are they? I was feeding those pods uh, to somebody <laughs> over the wedding weekend that came to visit the garden. And uh, before those pods get big and dry, and that's where your seed is, uh, they're edible. And so it's one of my favorite things about radishes that don't uh, head up. First off, the flowers are really good for beneficials, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They love the little wasps and things. Uh, for good bugs. Yeah, beneficial insects oh. that help you control pests in the garden. A lot of them uh, at one stage in their life like nectar. And radish flowers, and you know, if you let your broccoli go to bloom and things like that, that is a very good nectar source for them as well. But, but you could let those go; they'll dry out, they'll crack on their own, and the seeds will drop, and you'll have a perpetual crop of radishes. Hopefully, cool. Did you have a question about basil too? Yeah. Well, my basil's coming now. So, what's the best way to harvest it and like to keep it fresh in the house when I make a clipping? So, I like to harvest mine first thing in the morning. Um, especially if you water the evening before and then harvest in the morning, the following morning, because then it has the maximum moisture content, which does help improve its shelf life. And actually, the best storage method for um, for basil is to just cut it off with a sharp pair of scissors or an herb snips, and then actually put it in a put the bunch of it in a cup of water on the kitchen counter, and just let it in the cup of water. It'll last a couple of days that way. I've maybe up to five days. Just on the counter, you don't even have to put it in the fridge. Just have a little bit of water in there and almost treat it like a, like you would treat a cut flower. Um, and then you can just break the leaves off and use them as you need to, to use them. Sounds great. Thanks for the information. You Thank know, you. One thing that I was thinking about that I have not seen in my garden this year was basil downy mildew. My basil is all looking good. Yeah, I haven't seen it at all yet either, but the slugs have really been after my basil. All right, we got a right automotive text question. Last few years, my hydrangea shrubs were loaded with blooms. This year, just a couple of blooms. Any thoughts? Welcome to the club. The number one garden question for Pittsburgh <laughs> yep. is why doesn't my hydrangea bloom? Yes. Oh. Yeah, and it is it is another thing that can be heartbreaking in the garden because when you have those good years where your hydrangea are beautiful, you just fall in love with that plant, and then you end up with a year like this one. We did have a couple of days this winter that were down to you know minus twenty, minus and, and probably, ten, and probably after the buds might have started swelling, there was a, a a kind of a thaw, and the buds started to swell, and when it gets cold like that, and you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just looked at mine the other day. The deer have now taken all next year's buds off. Oh. Two of the plants. I either got to yeah. figure out a way to keep them off. Yeah. And then, you know, what I've been doing, we've talked about this all the time, to, to protect the hydrangea is surround it with burlap. Ugh, it's so ugly. But for the winter, it really does help. It does I help. I mean, it really You'll does. It blooms. sort of adds a little layer of insulation. And you don't have to cover the top. Just cover the periphery uh, around that hydrangea, and that will stabilize the temperatures and hopefully prevent those buds from freezing out. But I'm it's just one about, of those things. You know some years you have good years, some years you don't. I'm, I'm thinking about just taking my macrophylas out and putting in Annabelle's. Annabelle. I've got a lot of Annabelle's. That Invincible spirit, I know you don't really like the pink. I love the pink. It'll bloom anywhere. Yeah. It'll bloom under any conditions. And the deer do nibble on it a little bit, but if they do get to it, I know that any new wood on it will, you know, and then I've got Annabelle's growing out unprotected. Mm-hmm. 
normal ones that they don't touch for some reason. Yeah. I like the Annabelle's and I also like the Panicle hydrangeas. Yeah. And the Panicle hydrangeas are another reliable bloomer because they bloom on new wood that's formed during this season. So there's no way that the flower buds can freeze out over the winter. So Panicle hydrangeas uh, are another good choice for making sure that you get to see those flowers. Okay, guys, real quick on this one. Dollar Bank Instant Access question. What is an organic treatment for lace bugs? Lace bugs. What? Organic control for lace I bugs. I thought you were saying that lace bugs were the organic control for lace bugs. No, and I, was I, was like, Wait, you, I was looking at you and I was repeating the question. So much Got for you. being quick. Well, you better make, go quick. Right. Make sure, that the, uh, make sure that the shrub is in shade because full sun azaleas and rhododendrons will always get lace bugs no matter what. Uh, and then you can also use either a horticulture oil or insecticidal soap. But you have to make sure you get the undersides of the leaves as well. Dollar Bank Instant Access for Doug and Jess as we return. It is follows. Uh, several river birch trees in backyard are sh- uh, shedding large amount. Shedding. I like Ed Sullivan there for a minute. Uh, shedding large amount of leaves that have turned yellow. Looks like fall. Don't recall them doing it this extensive last year. What's going on? Before they answer, 10th caller gets that Janoski's gift certificate at 412-922-1020. What do you think? Well, some amount of leaf drop is normal in trees, but that sounds like an awful lot of leaf drop. And I suspect it's because we had such a wet spring, wet early summer, lots of rain. And so now that we've had a little bit of, bit of a dry period, I think that some of the trees and shrubs are in a little bit of shock. And it's a stress, a response to that stress is to drop a certain number of leaves because they're they're transpiring, right? So the leaves lose moisture through these little pores in their leaves. And when that starts to happen, they go into this like defensive mode, right, to to preserve themselves. And so they drop a small percentage of their leaves so that they cannot lose so much moisture through them. So I suspect that that's what's going on. If you start to see it like a major amount, like half or more of the leaves, or it starts to be on the tips of the branches instead of like the older leaves toward the inside, then I would have the folks from Davy Tree come out and assess that tree and just make sure there isn't a borer because... Yeah, I was going to say borers would be the the thing that would be the scariest. Yeah, but if it's like a multi-trunked branch and it's equal over the whole, or multi-trunked birch tree and it's equal, the leaf drop is equal over all of those trunks, then it's definitely not a borer because a borer would be just one of those trunks. Um, Yeah, so that's my assessment. Okay, let's go to Gina in Baden. Good morning, Gina. Let's see if we can help you with your begonias. Welcome to KDK Radio. Hi, thank you. Actually, it's Tina with a T. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Tina. Sorry. Morning, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, Somebody gave me uh, begonia. It's a, uh, what do they call it? A bossa nova white uh-huh. begonia. Sure. And I don't know what to do with it. Like the white petals, when they fall off, they're making like coral colored little bulbs. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. reseeding. I don't know what that is or what I should do with this plant. Yeah, so it's that like in a hanging basket. Right. So what you're seeing is basically this the un, unmatured seed pod and they do drop off and that type of um begonia is a, like a hanging cascading begonia and they're mm-hmm. they're absolutely beautiful. The Bossa Nova series they has are, ta- has yeah. they ta- are beautiful. has taken over for beautiful. uh bonfire. Yeah. It's yeah. It's really a popular variety. Uh the one thing I do with them is I, you know, they don't need a lot from us but 
I love to feed them when they're in a hanging basket because it just keeps them going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And those seed pods, there's not, they're nothing to worry about. I actually think the seeds might be sterile in that variety. Um, so I don't believe that you could, you know, they're not going to pop up in the garden next year or anything like that. Begonias seldom reseed in the garden, so you don't have to worry about that. You know, if they're kind of annoying to you, if they're falling on the patio or whatever, the best you could do is just sort of sweep them off. Um, but the, there's nothing to worry about. It's just a natural drop of the plant after the flowers have matured. No, they're not annoying. I just want to know, I, like, can I propagate them from that? Well, you would propagate I mean, that, that plant through cuttings, but it might actually be protected by a patent. Um, on the plant tag, it might say patent protected, in which case propagation is technically illegal for yeah, you to take cuttings of it. They'd prefer you just buy another one. Right. <laughs> That's why they get the patent on it. Uh, so that Well, like you I said, I got it as a gift. Yeah. So I don't really know. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Tony in O'Hara for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Good morning, Tony. You there, Tony? Strangers in the night <laughs> exchanging glances. Tony! Wake up! Yo, Tony. Tony! Kind of like the last Sopranos episode. <laughs> Just went dark. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Same thing happened to that, Tony. Dolores and Swickley, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. I want to know about yucca plants. I want to give some seeds to a friend, and I don't know when to get them or what he should do with them when he gets them. Well, with any seeds, if you're going to, uh, what's the word I want to use for for yuccas? Giving if you're giving somebody a plant that uh, they'll never get rid of, what would kind of gift would that be? Uh, perpetual <laughs> gift. <laughs> you be- make sure that they want it. Yes, make sure that they like yuccas okay, because he wants them. Yeah. Okay. okay, good. <laughs> so it's it's going to put its flowers on first, and then the seed pots will come on. And when you collect yeah, the seeds, pods are there now. Yeah, whenever you collect seeds, you, you do it when they're mature, right before they would uh, crack and open for naturally. Okay. And so just keep an eye on the pods. They'll turn kind of hard and uh, they'll crack open. And when they do, that's you'll, you'll see. If you just kind of tap lightly on the side, the seeds will come out. And that's when you grab them. And then now what time of the year can he plant them now? I'm not sure about uh, sowing them if they need stratification or I'm, I'm not sure about. You'd have to look up exactly what yucca seeds need. I would think they don't need a lot because... Well, they, they can't need a stratification. They can't need a cold stratification because they're a plant that grows naturally where there isn't a winter, right? They're like they're a southern species, so they wouldn't I don't know. pass through. Well, maybe they're mountain species. Yeah, I don't. Right? Know. I don't know for yeah. sure. I don't. I have uh, to be honest with you. I've never met anybody who's propagated yucca by seed. Usually, people will do like a root division, or they'll take one of the what are called the pups which are the little tiny yuccas that develop off of the side of the parent plant. And you can oh. very easily dig those up and separate them. And even if there's just the smallest portion of root system on that pup, you can pot it up and have a new plant much faster than you would have by growing it from seed. Oh, okay. You can also grow them from a root cutting. So even if you don't have those pups coming up, if you dig down into the base of the plant and you find a chunk of root that's at least as thick of, as a pencil and cut off a piece that's just a few inches long and plant that in a pot, it will sprout up. And again, you'll get a big 
giant yucca much faster than you would growing from seed. All right. But it would be fun to do it from seed if you wanted to. Thank you for the call. D from Whitehall, winner of that Janoski's gift certificate. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's a grower, a horticulturist, and our garden goddess, Denise Schreiber. How are you this morning? Uh, good. I hope we get a little bit of rain today. Gosh, and, you tell know, me about it. I need some rain. Days. Yeah. But um, a couple of things. Uh, so the one person had a question about their birch tree dropping leaves. And my brother has a heritage birch, and it was dropping leaves. Now, last year, one of our local landscapers <laughs> was working on the street, and he came by. He said, oh, your tree has a disease. My sister-in-law told him to go away and never come back. Um, but this year it was doing the same thing. And so my brother had me come out. And it's just all over, and it is a stress reaction. You know, we had all that rain, and then it got, you know, really hot, and then we had more rain, and now it's really dry. And so if it's all over, it's just a stress reaction. They kind of do that, and you don't have to worry. And then um, the begonia seeds. Uh, one, bossa nova is a sterile variety. Okay. But, yeah, but two... You know, begonia seeds are smaller than a half a grain of pepper, so they're really difficult to see. They are difficult to germinate. They take a long germination period, mm-hmm. usually about eh, two months before you see a tiny little leaf. So, um, you know, you can, you know, buy the plant. It's just easier and have a nice big plant. It would probably take you two or three years from seed to actually grow a decent-sized plant. Yeah, and it's crazy. I remember when I worked in a greenhouse years and years ago, and we would grow wax begonias from seed. And when you plant them, it's like planting dust. Those They're are usually so the, tiny. Those are usually the seeds that I just I start like in January just yeah. to have something yeah. to start. Yeah, because surface sow is that how you do? You surface sow them. Yep. Uh, you don't even need to bury them with anything. You just put them on the surface. But they are. But it's sort of it's one of those things, right? That's a, an accomplishment when you make. Do you it remember happen, you know? when you worked there? What time of the year you would start those? Oh, we would start in January. Yeah. Those those and um, the uh, petunias we would start really early as well. And the dra- uh, germination on them is really spotty. Like it's. Um, you don't always get, you know, if you sow marigold seeds, almost every one of them germinates, right? But with begonias, the germination rates are much lower, so you never know what you're going to get. Do you ever get deja vu when you walk into some of those greenhouses and you get a certain smell or something like where you used to All work? the time. Yeah. All the time. Or like um, when I was, my job was, I was 15, was I would transplant. So we would have these, it would literally be thousands of flats because everybody grew their annuals from seed then. Now they, a lot of nurseries will get them in already as a plug. But we would do them as seeds and I would stand there and I'd be transplanting for hours and hours and hours. And they would have the radio on. And so certain songs will come uh, on, and it will take me back to the greenhouse standing there transplanting. You know, it's funny. Yeah. When I was, uh, I went up to do a story on a place in Butler called Schnurr's Greenhouse. Uh, they've been there since, as a farm, since the 1800s. And that's what the ladies were doing. We're transplanting little tomato seedlings mm-hmm. with the radio on. Yep, yep. And it's <laughs> it just a cool. process. You just stand there and do it all day. So anyway, all right. I think we have some callers still. Yeah, we do. Let's Excellent. go to Ann in Vanderbilt. Or, or Van- yeah, Vanderbilt. Good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio. Hey, Ann. Good, good morning. I have three uh, quick questions. On a daylily, I have a large uh, plan of that, and I'd like to uh, you know, take it apart. Mm-hmm. When could I do that? Anytime. Is it in oh. bloom right now, or is it done blooming? No, and you know that's unusual. It, do they take a lot of water or not? 
Not usually, no. They're pretty drought resistant. Well, that's probably what I did. I probably watered it too much. Usually (laughs) it's gone into September, but it's almost gone. Yeah. And the rose bush. Do I cut that clear? Well, wait a minute. Let's Let's go back to the day lily. What, oh, okay. What Jess is talking about is when it's done blooming, you could split it up. You know, I think the best time to do it is get to September. But you, again, mm-hmm. they can take just about anything. I've seen people split them up spring, summer, fall. You know, it's a tough plant. Yeah. So, so what about the roses? Uh, do you cut those um, clear down in the spring? What type of rose is it? Do you know? Uh, oh, shoot. It's a pretty one. I, I, it, yeah, <laughs> it's it's an unusual name. Okay, I, so what I what I usually suggest with roses, especially if you're a little unsure of the variety, is leave them stand all winter long because that will actually um, you'll have less dieback. If you leave them stand all winter long versus doing, we used to always recommend that you prune roses in the fall. But what happens now we've discovered is that you get more dieback by pruning in the fall. So do your pruning in the spring. With most roses, with the exception of climbers, I usually recommend that you prune them back to about 18 inches um, in the spring and then get rid of any dead wood in there as well. Okay. I think she has one more question. When can I cut those down? Oh, the irises, anytime. As soon as, when they're done blooming and they start to look a little scraggly, you can go ahead and cut them um, down and get rid of that dead foliage. And then sometimes it'll sprout some new foliage for the remainder of the season. All right, we're going to come back and wrap up the hour. Stay with us. This is the uh, good folks from the Organic Gardeners, Doug and Jess. Stay tuned because we got lots more still to come today. Summer wrap recipes with Joan Frank Dentisi, then Heffron Tillis and Your Money and You. Then, of course, it is the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. As your Sunday rolls on on KDK Radio. Good morning. Hey, join me this Saturday at Plumline Nursery in Murraysville. 11 a.m. I'll be at their Customer Appreciation Day speaking about summer garden tips and tricks and perennials. We'll have a lot of fun. That is an amazing nursery. If you're looking for a really cool tree, uh, Micah, he, he brings in just the coolest stuff. Uh, pots, containers. Yeah. This is the thing I'll be doing today if we don't. I mean, I've been waiting for the rain and I've not been watering my containers. Yeah, my fig. Fig tree is wilting, and I've got some uh, of those uh, sun patients wilting in the containers as well. Don't forget to water your pots when we have dry spells like this. Really important on a daily basis to give them a nice drink. And throw a little bit of liquid organic fertilizer in with the water every couple of weeks to give them a little bit of a nutrient boost. Because even the best quality potting soil will kind of become depleted of nutrients as the summer progresses. So make sure that you do that as well, and you'll have them in good shape for the rest of the season. At Osterlings, i got two... Nice organic uh, jars that you could just you put on the hose end. Oh yeah, hose end fertilizer. Fertilizer. Yeah. yeah. On nice. sale. Nice. On clearance. That's your magic word. <laughs> Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to 